Welcome to the Denim Dungeon, a 49ers podcast brought to you by El Jefe Tequila. I am your host, Brian Rennick, a writer and editor at 49ers Web Zone, and I was joined, as always, by my co-host, my fellow writer, but most importantly, my hetero life mate, Tim Sprinkles, and we hopped on with our guys over at the Sprint Right Option podcast, Jason Aponte and Andrew Pasquini, and we talked all things 49ers schedule release. Enjoy. New episode of Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I am your past meeting, Jason Aponte, as always. But today, we are sprinting right into the Denim Dungeon. We have Brian Rennick. We have Tim Sprinkles. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode because as Jason Aponte and I have liked to stress the past few weeks, months, years, whatever it may be, we like to talk in finite real-life things. Uh, and today, maybe the biggest finite real life thing happened the nfl schedule has dropped we're going to talk about games that aren't happening for another four months like we know what's going to happen in the 2022 season uh but we're excited to talk jason i'll start with you because we usually start with you uh how you doing on this lovely uh thursday evening eve there you go. Uh, amazing. Uh, you know, right now we get to shoot for the stars in terms of predictions. And it's always fun when your favorite team is the best team in baseball and they're continuing to crush baseball. So everything is coming up upon <laughs> day right now. I, I was I was I was going to open up with Wolves today because they had a great tie against Chelsea on Sunday. But then they lost to Man City five to one yesterday. So we're not here to talk about it. Brian, how you doing on this lovely uh, Thursday? Our baseball team's doing all right. Our baseball team is doing all right. Uh, now that uh, the team is back from not having uh, COVID, uh, they are they are back to their winning ways. So uh, I did see, by the way, I, I, I rushed home from dinner. Uh, we were celebrating uh, Mother's Day for my, uh, my mother-in-law. And uh, I did see uh, that Yankees team uh, putting it on the White Sox. So uh, Aponte is not wrong. They are looking mighty good. And I am... Hey, I all I know is I'm excited for the World Series so I can pre-scout future giant Aaron Judge. Yeah, no, it's it, it well, this this Rams bye week Chargers area is gonna be really weird for the podcast because we're gonna have to act like Jason and I like each other when we're breaking these <laughs> games down when the Giants and Yankees are playing in the World Series. Uh Tim, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Uh appreciate you having us on today. Uh, this is a good day, man. Anytime that, that, like you said, we get things that are released that we know are actually happening. It's for sure. We get to, we get to talk about these games. It's great. Uh, I'm excited for the way the 49ers get to open, man. This is, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. And yeah, as DJ, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Uh, it says smash the DJ like button. DJ Aram D. That's what I'm going with. DJ, DJ Aram D. Uh, smash the like button. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Sprint Red Option podcast, do that now. Go give it five stars as well. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't subscribed to the Denim Dungeon podcast, make sure you go do that as well. Give that five stars while, while we're here. We're talking about it. Uh, do we want to talk about some football games on the schedule? Well, before we do that, too, this is also a, a bit of a special thing. We are dual streaming with the Denim Dungeon 
guys on their YouTube as well, too. So make sure you're subscribed to this channel, their channel. Drop a like on their video as well. Hit the notification bell on their channel as well. These guys do amazing stuff. Besides being great analysts, they are better people. And that's why you guys should definitely be tuned into them. Appreciate you, Jason. Appreciate you. I'm I'm all misty eyed, man. That was that was nice. Oh, I, I, all right, get out of here. Appreciate you. All right. So no season can start without a preseason. Uh, and I'll, I'll just run through these quick. I don't think there's any real thoughts. Uh, the Niners open up on TBD preseason week one against the Packers. Preseason week two, it's TBD uh, at the Vikings, and then preseason game three. Thursday, August 25th, 5 p.m. against the Texans in Houston, and that's on Amazon Prime Video. Hey, I lost my camera. That's okay. We've done. Speaking this of not being on video, it. hey, you know. <laughs> well, there is one. There is one note. There is one note about the the Minnesota game. It, it appears that the 49ers will be joint practicing with the Minnesota yeah. Vikings in Minnesota, which I am super looking forward to because I want to see these one-on-one battles between Charverius Ward and Justin Jefferson. That's probably the only thing of note in the preseason. So that is something to keep an eye on. Last year was very fun with the Chargers. This year we'll be in Minnesota with those guys with, and Kyle Shanahan gets to see his guy up close and, and always, and, and like the guy who's looking at, you know, when Wolverine's looking at the photo, that's pretty much going to be Kyle Shanahan and shout out to, uh, SFX uh, Dre 49ers just became the newest member of the Spicy Squad. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you for tapping in with us. But uh, yeah, the Minnesota joint practices will have a lot to keep your keep your eye on. You'll hear the entire week about how much Kyle Shanahan loves uh, Kirk Cousins, and you'll find out what these new defensive backs are made of because <coughs> of the test that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and um, some of those guys will present. So I, I'm really excited for that portion. Hey, of, uh, plus, that's a that's a home state game for uh, our boy Trey Lance. So there you go. Sure is. Now he's probably not going to get too much PT in game one and game two. I'm particularly interested to see game three against the Texans because that's where we really got to see Trey Lance shine during the season in a game that really mattered last year. He picked it up in the second half of that game, performed pretty well. If we're going to get to see Trey Lance in the, in the preseason game three is where I'm expecting to see him the most. I think he's already going to have an idea of what the Texans will throw at him. So I think it's setting him up well to start off his season. Look at the beautiful preseason breakdown we just got. We just talked about two preseason games a little bit at length there. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Uh, let's get into the regular season. I think instead of just going through all 17 games, we'll go month to month. Uh, I think that's the easiest, fairest way to do it. Pedro Castro, newest member of the Spicy Squad, thank you very much. Uh, so the 49ers, they opened their season at Chicago, September 11th, 10 a.m., that game's on Fox Week 1. September 18th, the home opener against the Seattle Seahawks. No Russell Wilson. Hopefully they can't hurt us anymore. Uh, and then Week 3, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Hello, friend. How you doing? Uh, the first of two times we will be waiting all day for Sunday night, Sunday night football against the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium. Uh, Jason Aponte, what do you think about this uh, first three-game stretch for the San Francisco 49ers? Well, Chicago's a beautiful stadium. I was lucky enough to visit it last year, and this is the matchup that we were hoping to get last year. We didn't. That, and, and again, I'll ask the question, where were you when Debo Samuel saved Jimmy Garoppolo's job and the 49ers season? <laughs> I was in the building for that. But at this point, it's uh, the number three pick against the number 11 pick. I think we've made no bones about the fact that we all wanted Justin Fields. We were fine with Trey Lance as well. We wanted one of those two guys. <clears throat> now we're going to get to see them match up. For me, this just feels like 
Justin, in this offseason, when we looked at the moves that they've made, unfortunately, he's just not in a good spot at this point. Yes, upgraded coach for sure, but wide receiver, Darnell Mooney, after that, basically your cast of characters and like the it's like a literal lineup of wide receiver fours. Brian, Byron Pringle, Dante Pettis, uh, like it's just it's just a, a who's who of guys man. who have yeah, it's a who's who of guys who don't matter at this point. Cole Komet is is obviously their tight end. You know, they haven't really addressed offensive line. I see the 49ers winning this game. And I think the the must-see portion of it is going to be Lance and Fields, something that I wanted to see last year. But, hey, it looks like we're going to get it this year. And I'm, I'm super pumped for this. Uh, and, and and I can't wait uh, to, to see these two go at it. Yeah, I mean, I, and Brian, I'll, I'll go, go to you. You are the cat man as you got the cat over your left shoulder. I do have there, the cat. So, right. so I'll, let you, I'll let you dive in next. There he is. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, like you said, the four of us, uh, we were in on fields in in that in that draft. And uh, in fact, I know Tim and I put money on it. Not sure if you guys did. I did. Uh, but I what what I thought about was like trying to reflect now, like why why was I so in? And it was because for me, it was like Fields was the best combination of ready to start now and tools and intangibles. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that, that's what they're going to go with because they're replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. And so not knowing that they had already planned on keeping Jimmy for a season, that Trey Lance pick then makes a lot more sense, especially if you're going to redshirt him for a season. So in that, in my mind, I'm like, I don't think we were wrong on fields in terms of his fit with the offense and things like that. I just feel like they were more prepared to take the kid that, you know, is, is a little bit younger um, and, and they could afford to sit him. So I am excited for that. I don't think it's fair to Justin Fields because this is a tale of a roster with supreme talent versus a roster with very little talent. And so again, it's, you know, they're not putting him in a, a position to succeed, uh, but they are going to run that, uh, I, I guess a hybrid Kyle Shanahan offense gets from, from green Bay, uh, went over there to be the, uh, the OC. And so, you know, I, I, I think, <laughs> I think Bosa and, and the boys on the line are going to eat in that game. And, uh, Justin Fields is going to be running for his life for sure. Tim, Tim, what you got on these three games? Well, I mean, I, I think I said it earlier. I, I don't think the 49er season could have started off any better. Pretty much week one, week two. I think, uh, Trey Lance and company have a wonderful chance to start off two and zero and kind of get the train rolling on the right tracks. Um, that week three matchup for me is the one that I'm very concerned about. I think the Broncos present obviously an immense challenge, but playing them in mile high stadium. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you've never been, uh, and competed in a sport where you're playing above 6,000 feet. Now I, I had the, I had the, the luxury or the pleasure of growing up in South Lake Tahoe. Uh, that's where I played all my high school games. That was 6,300 feet. Um, and every single team that came from sea level or anywhere below that when they would run, they could last about 10 minutes. But as soon as that 10 minute mark hit, it's just a different weight on your lungs. Everything starts to burn. So it automatically teams have the advantage uh, when they play at a stadium like Mile High Stadium. And then you throw on top of that the fact that both their offense is improved, their defense is improved, they're well coached. The Denver Broncos are a very formidable opponent. I see the 49ers starting two and one in those first three games. 
Yeah, and we'll we'll have two games to talk about with the, with the elevation. The second being the Mexico City game, and once we get to November, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, but th- this really, unless you put maybe Atlanta or Carolina in these first two games, I, I don't know if you could open up with a better two-game uh, uh, schedule. Chicago, they're in a transition period, kind of where they've been since Mitch Trubisky took them to the playoffs a couple of years ago. I'm going I'm to stick with that narrative. Mitch Trubisky took them to the playoffs. And this is the first time you look at Seattle twice and you say, those are winnable games. And it has everything to do with Russell Wilson being gone. Uh, Drew Locke's probably the quarterback up there. That's a lot less intimidating than what Russell Wilson gives you. So you ideally look at these two games and say two and oh. And I know obviously you look at the first two games last year, and we said that as well with the Lions and Eagles, and that got a little hairier uh, than we we like to admit because the Lions game got a little weird and the Eagles game was never really in hand. Uh, but I, I think there's a case to be made that this one-two punch is a little bit of an easier opening. I, I think uh, that the Eagles are better than any of the four teams if we're, if we're grouping them all together, uh, with, the, with the Lions obviously being the worst. But the, the Bears and the Seahawks, where they're at, I'm not too concerned. Question is, is that Denver game? And and Denver is Denver has a chance to, to win this division. You don't know what the Chiefs are going to be quite yet because they seem to be moving a lot of moving parts. No Tyreek Hill. You don't know what they're doing. The Chargers haven't quite gotten over the hump. Maybe this is the year and the Raiders are just the Raiders, whatever they're doing. Uh, they're, they're improved as well. So you could be looking at a, a AFC West potential winner in week three at uh, my, I almost said Lambeau at Mile High Stadium. That could be the first loss of the season because that, that by no sense of the word is going to be an easy game for the 49ers. And the other thing is too, with, with this, this, for whatever reason, this Shanahan-led team does not start off fast in terms of the offense clicking right away. And it, and it's been that way even when he was with this time with the, the Houston Texans as a coordinator in Atlanta. They, they don't just mm-hmm. come out humming off the bat. So it's really good for them to have this soft landing with Chicago and Seattle because you're going to need to be humming in Denver. And we had the doc on from, from 95-7 the game. And this was a question we asked talking about Mexico City. And to, to Tim's point, it was about – making sure that you get into Denver earlier, starting to, to acclimate yourself as best you can because you really can't just in a short period of time, how much practice will be had over there as opposed to doing it you know, at, in California and then moving. But it, the soft landing of the first two games sets up well because it usually takes a Shanahan offense to get rolling. You talked about week one, the Lions game, it looked way better. I mean, it looked great for a little while and then things kind of came apart. In the Eagles game, that offense was not rolling at all at any certain point, at, at any point in that game no. ever. And then things kind of picked up in week three uh, at the end of week three, though, like towards the end of that game in that Packers game. So it's going to be very important, not only for Trey Lance's confidence, but to kind of shake that Shanahan rust off or whatever it is, that slow start that 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 tends to happen all the time with teams that he's coached by. I, I I often wonder as well, or at least from last year, if part of what happened in Philly was because it was that extended stay uh, on the East Coast, right? So they started the season in Detroit. They stayed in West Virginia and then played Philly then. Um, I know that that has typically gone well for them in the past. Uh, and they they won both games. So, um, you know, it, it still was what it was. But that offense w- didn't look good. I think also the motivation of playing the the Seahawks in uh, in week two might be, might be what Shanahan needs to uh, – kind of put that that game plan together. I was really hoping by the way that that Denver game would be 
either before or after that uh, Mexico City game, just to have that, uh, just to have it back to back, so that you know you're you're more acclimated than your than your opponent. But obviously, it's nowhere near that uh, that Mexico City game. Uh, I can. The only thing that I'll speak to about a Kyle Shanahan led offense uh, starting slow is the the ability to kind of digest a playbook to become in sync with your teammates when you're playing. Uh, if the playbook is complicated and you have new players in, uh, it, it is very, very difficult for an offense to be kind of hitting their stride at the beginning of the year, mainly because when you fit, like you get used to facing your teammates in practice. There is something to be said about going to Minnesota week two of preseason and competing against a different team because you see different looks and it's a different speed. It's a different intensity. The, the start of the season, anytime it's complicated, anytime there's new players on board, especially if there's a new starting quarterback in the rotation, I don't expect the 49ers offense to start off roaring. I think it's going to be a build. I think over the course of the first four to five games, you're going to see Trey Lance get better and better. I think Shanahan is going to open up the playbook as the season progresses. You want to build him in. You know, we said this last week or when we were uh, chatting with Jordan last time, we came up with the Jimmy gimmies, if you will. I think Trey Lance is going to get a lot of those uh, when he starts off the year. You need to build that quarterback's confidence up, especially a young guy. Anyone that struggles with accuracy, you need to make sure that his confidence is high. You give him easy throws. We're not going to see the dynamic Shanahan offense as it progresses through towards the, the, the first three, four games. I think then you're going to start to see the full Shanahan offense. They, they'll start to click. And I, that's my reasoning why I think they start off slow every single year. Perfect. Well, now let's get out of the slow start or hopefully the fast start for the 49ers. Let's get into spooky season, the month of October, the 49ers week four. Monday night football against the Rams, a game that we've kind of become adjusted. They always have one prime time or uh, primetime game against the Rams. Uh, they're going to get it week four. The uh, Monday night game is going to be in Santa Clara. Uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call. Get get used to that. That's the ESPN team now. Uh, week five, October 9th, they go to Carolina and then they uh, finish up their little south of. Uh, two-step we'll call it the south two-step i don't know uh week six at atlanta uh, i think that's the first time they're playing in that new fancy stadium the mercedes-benz stadium down there in atlanta uh week seven october 23rd uh the kansas city chiefs comes to town uh take a shot anytime they show a highlight from that super bowl and you'll be hammered by the end of it uh and then week eight they close out october october 30th uh day before halloween against the rams in I almost said, say, I don't know why I'm still doing it, but at Los Angeles, uh, Tim, we'll start with you, the stretch of the Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Chiefs, and Rams again. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, obviously, hey, going back-to-back -back at Broncos, and then you get to play the Rams at home. The only good thing that I see about this is, one, you know, you get to play the Rams at home in the first one, and it's a Monday night game, so you get that extra day to prepare. Uh, and I think you're going to need every bit of it coming off of a very, very difficult Broncos game. Um, you know, obviously Shanahan has had McVay's number for the most part for the past three seasons. Unfortunately, he fell short in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Jason, we were there. Uh, it seemed like, what, seven minutes to go, and all of a sudden the wheels started falling off, and 
all of our hopes and dreams kind of fell apart. I, I really do feel that Shanahan does have McVay's number. Uh oh. Extra day. I really feel like, hey, winning a Super Bowl and then coming into the season with all those expectations. I mean, it has been said every time you you read about the 49ers dynasty, you hear about how hard it was year after year when they come off of a Super Bowl to con- to continue that championship mentality because you have a tendency to get a little lazy. You have a tendency to say, I've already done it. Where is that drive? I don't think that the Rams are able to maintain that high level. I like the 49ers in that game. And then they are blessed to have the Panthers and the Falcons. Fortunately, uh, it's those two teams when you have to go on the road to the East Coast, go to Carolina, go to Atlanta. They're probably going to stay on the East Coast. And then you finish up uh, that October season with, gosh, you got the Chiefs. Andrew, you said it earlier. We don't know what the Chiefs are going to look like this year, but my expectation is they're not going to fall off much with a uh, Andy Reid-led offense and Patrick Mahomes. They're still going to have playmakers. They still have Travis Kelsey. They're going to put up a ton of points. The Trey Lance-Patrick Mahomes matchup, I'm excited if Trey Lance has hit his stride and we're seeing two of the most athletic, two of the strongest armed quarterbacks in the league. In my opinion, that might be the highlight of the season for me, watching those two quarterbacks play um, on October 23rd. That one for me is my highlight. And then obviously you finish October at the Rams. You bookend it. Um, I don't know. That one's a toss-up in L.A. Yeah, and, and pro- Carolina and Atlanta is probably the two easiest back-to-back games of the season. I know we, I know we just talked about Chicago and Seattle. Uh, Carolina, you know, Matt Rule's coaching for his draw- job. It might be Sam Darnold. It might be Baker Mayfield. Might be Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't know yet. We'll find out. And Atlanta's just kind of existing down there in Atlanta. So, so ideally, I know it's a little tough with with uh, back to back road games. Ideally, it's two wins in a row, and, and those are two wins you really want to bank. You really want to put in the bank before you go Kansas City and the Rams. Uh, as long as Patrick Mahomes exists, I know there's a lot of question marks with what the uh, Chiefs are going to be this year. As long as Patrick Mahomes exists, I, I, I'm not too. I'm not too concerned about their demise. I know Tyreek Hill changes that offense a little bit, uh, but probably won't change it too much because Andy Reid's going to have things cooking. Uh, It's probably a good thing the Niners get the two Rams games out of the way in October, Uh, just because that's the team you're likely going to be battling with at the top of the NFC West if the Niners are going to make a run at that title. And to kind of know what you have against them at the end of the year going into Arizona Week 18, I guess it's against Arizona Week 18, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the big concerns of having to win a game uh, to, to specifically win the division against the Rams. So I, I think it's a good thing to get those two games out of the way in the month of October. Uh, and those games are always fun and interesting. So, Jason, what, what do you think about these uh, these five games in a uh, spooky season October? Yeah, you probably should. <clears throat> Ideally, you want to say Carolina and Atlanta, right? Atlanta's got Marcus Mariota, you know, and necessarily last year they were in there with Matt Ryan, didn't present too much of a challenge, especially for the 49ers at home. You know, Carolina, again, they're in they're in this weird spot where, again, Matt Rule is just, like, trying to pick up whoever it is. Could be Sam Darnold. Could be Matt Corral. Could be Cam Newton, apparently. They're still communicating with him. Who knows? That team doesn't necessarily scare you as much, even if DJ Moore is one of my favorite and most underrated players in the league. But the Kansas City and the Rams game, that's really where, where it, it, it begins and ends for me. 
Kansas City, again, Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Ross, uh, you know, they they obviously lose Tyreek Hill. That does change things. Travis Kelsey is still that guy. But there was a lot of things that kind of changed last year. People wanted to say Mahomes struggled. I wouldn't say that he struggled. I would say that the defense is adjusted. You play a lot of too high. You keep that thing from getting behind you, and you keep everybody in front of you. And Patrick Mahomes had to adjust. Those interceptions that were bouncing off of people and falling to the ground were bouncing off people into defenders' arms. And this was the first time that you saw Patrick Mahomes going through actual adversity, aside from that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. So what will they look at look like? We don't know. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't necessarily strike me as the guy that strikes fear in your in your defense's heart i know they brought on ronald jones but ronald jones has problems with with pass blocking and things like that so it's going to be interesting to see where they are and again this is a long season teams are going to go through transition periods where they'll struggle they'll get hot things like that so i think it, it really our feelings right now are way too early because we don't know what teams are going to be doing and rolling into and how they're going to be looking you know for you know for all intents and purposes the 49ers could be five and all going into that game and rolling, right? Like just rolling through people. And, and and that's something that we wouldn't have foreseen. So again, right now we're just, we're just talking through the hypotheticals as well. Even if there is something to actually talk about with the schedule, that Rams game is going to be electric on Monday night football. It'll mirror exactly where it was last year, basically where many 49er fans, including us, didn't believe that the 49ers had a shot because they were coming off of that Arizona blowout to Colt McCoy. But the 49ers need to kind of put their foot back on they have to put their foot back on them right like and let them know hey that happened this isn't going to continue and and they have to do that on the national stage and and you know the nfl knows exactly what they're doing by putting them on there on monday night football so it's going to be very very interesting to see and that's going to be at levi south um in so far that that looks like a game that i'm probably going to head out to as well because that stadium is beautiful and i think i need to exercise those demons tim i you know how it is man like uh, unfortunately we walked out of that stadium, and you had to get in your car and drive all the way back. Now, driving all the way back after a win and driving all the way back after a loss, especially that type of loss, it definitely hits different. I think I need to go back there and exercise my own demons so I don't have that as my lasting memory for SoFi. So uh, it's going to be really the Chiefs and the Rams game that, are, that we're really going to find out where this team is. You'll win the games that you're supposed to win, and, and that's kind of the motto of the league. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Play everybody else kind of 500, and you'll figure out where they are in terms of good teams. So we're going to find out where Trey Lance is. We're going to find out where this offense is with that stretch of games right there, ideally taking care of business with Carolina and Atlanta. Brian, what's your thoughts on these uh, these uh, five <laughs> October games? Uh, it's interesting to me that they have back-to-back -back, uh, primetime games, that, that Denver game's a, a Sunday night football and then Monday night football the next week with L.A. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that uh, – and, and I – I'm I'm not going to say it's an error from the 49ers, so I'm just going to go by what it says here. That's a 1 p.m. start, a 1 p.m. Uh, West Coast start, which means that they only have two 10 a.m. starts the entire season, week one against the Bears and then week uh, six against the Falcons. So that's kind of nice, um, you know, especially if they're heading out there after what's going to be a hard-fought Rams game. They're not necessarily having to acclimate their body clocks because the start time is going to be a West Coast start time. So that's cool. Uh, and then, you know, again, I'm very excited to see uh, Nick Bosa and uh, Ebukam and Jackson and all those guys against the Ghostbuster himself, Sam Darnold. And then uh, that Atlanta game, that's likely going to be a Desmond Ritter start because that's six weeks into the season and Mariota can't make it that far. So, you know, we'll get to see Desmond Ritter as well, uh, which is nice. And the Twin Towers there and Drake London and uh, and. Uh, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Pitts, Kyle Pitts. It, it, that Chiefs, that Chiefs Rams back to back is absolutely brutal, right? So yes. again, you're playing, you're playing the the two most recent Super Bowl champions in back to back weeks. Uh, luckily, that Chiefs game is at home, uh, which is nice. Not that Levi's has the same kind of home field advantage that Arrowhead does, but at least you're not playing in Arrowhead, which is nice. Uh, and then you know. I mean, technically it's an away game, but you know, we'll, we'll sell that thing out. It'll be a home game for the, for the 49ers. So, uh, you know, after back-to-back road, uh, back-to-back road trip with Carolina and Atlanta, they come home for the chiefs and then they go home to SoFi for, uh, for the Rams. And so I'm looking, I, my hope is that they split with the Rams. Mm -hmm. I I mean, ideally two and O against the Rams, right? Somebody said in the chat a little bit earlier, uh, one and six, McVeigh is one and six against uh, Kyle Shanahan, which is uh, in in their last seven. Obviously, that one was important, but um, yeah, I I think I mean arguably that Denver, L.A., KC, L.A. stretch right with with the with the Panthers and and Falcons in between. Probably the toughest stretch of the season. It's nice that it comes at the beginning, but I also like that after after that back to back LA uh, or back to back KC LA, they go into a bye, which is nice because again, those are going to be hard fought games. Which is which is a very good transition into the month of November. And I'm going to leak a little bit into December here because we're, we 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 split it up awkwardly with January, uh, week nine after the Rams, the 49ers have their bye week. Uh, they then roll into week ten. November 13th, the second time we'll be waiting all day for Sunday night, this time against the Los Angeles Chargers. And if you haven't seen the Chargers schedule release video, go watch it. It's fantastic. It's perfect. It's anime related. It's amazing. Uh, Sunday night football. And then for the second time, as Brian pointed out, uh, the Niners go Sunday night football into a Monday night football game, the Mexico City game against the Arizona Cardinals, November 21st. Uh, and then four days after your boy Andrew Pasquini's birthday, the best birthday present a boy can ask for, Jameis Winston coming into town with the New Orleans Saints on week 12, uh, November 27th. And then I'm going to leak a little bit into December uh, with the Miami Dolphins, December 4th, week 13. I'll start here. This, th- to me, it's nice because I think the bye week is it comes perfectly because you mentioned the front end of the bye week. You have the, the Chiefs and the Rams that back end of the bye week might be just as difficult with the Chargers and the Cardinals because the Cardinals, you know, they 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 started hot the past few years, kind of faded. They have that talent to be able to keep that consistency up. We got to see if Cliff Kingsbury can do it. Uh, a big thing as well is DeAndre Hopkins will be back. We'll see what the Niners – so we'll really know what the Niners secondary looks like at that point because it'll be a revamped secondary uh, that, that we've known. So that, that's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, the Chargers, that's the real sleeper game here because the Chargers can be a lot of things. There's high expectations on this team. Uh, they're going to have to face Joey Bosa to see how that offensive line looks, Khalil Mack as well. Niners offensive line, very questionable, so it's going to be very tough. Uh, the Saints game as well, you don't know what the Saints are going to be. I like to believe Jameis is going to make them a very decent team, but there is a case that could be made that, hey, they, they've lost quite a bit. We'll, we'll see what they actually look like. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas will be there. Um, so, so we'll see what they look like as well. And then the Dolphins, uh, to me, 
the month of November into December is is just the question mark month because we don't really know what these teams look like because there's a world where the Dolphins will be pretty good because they have Tua. We'll see what he can do with Tyreek Hill. Their defense is okay. Uh, Mike McDaniel's return, uh, he that, that's going to be a big circle matchup for the Niners. So that November leaking into December is going to be a very interesting month for the 49ers. Jason, what, what, what do you got on my birth month? Man, the Chargers, that one is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, everybody wants to get excited about Khalil Mack. J.C. Jackson's over there, and they mm-hmm. already have a, a stacked secondary. Like, the Chargers are are legit this year. And it's going to be the first time that we get to see the Bosa brothers, you know, meet up. And Justin Herbert was lighting up the 49ers defense last year in practice, in those joint practices. Didn't play much in that game. That's fine. But I think we all know what they can do. Austin Eckler, Mike, Mike Williams, and, and Keenan Allen are going to present their challenges as well, too. So it's going to be a very good test. This is another good test for a team that is coming from a stacked division. Basically, the AFC West is is going to cannibalize each other because of how good they are. It, it basically, all four teams are going to be vying for playoff spots. I don't know if all four get them just because of the other way. You know, you can't have everybody get in. Somebody's going to – a good team is not going to make it from the AFC West. So the Chargers are going to present their problems. Arizona's always going to be that. It's another high elevation game. And, of course – the 49ers are going to have to face the Arizona Cardinals twice while DeAndre Hopkins is off the suspension. So who really cares about that suspension? It doesn't really help unless it just puts the Arizona Cardinals in a hole where they won't be bothering anybody for any sort of playoff position, which I guess would be the hope at that point. The New Orleans game is going to be very interesting because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of people that are back. They lost to Ron Armstead, who is going to be in Miami as well, too. I think that's something that people are forgetting. And the new head coach. And 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 it's not going to be the same Sean Payton in terms of offense and things like that. What does that look like? Sean Payton was completely scaling back Jameis Winston to have him play his most efficient ball. He was not chucking it down the field. But the addition of Chris Olave now with Mike Thomas. Will Alvin Kamara be playing now? Do we, do, like, do we know what's going on with his suspension? If that's possibly going to happen because of what happened in, during Pro Bowl weekend. So the Saints are going to be interesting. I fully expect that game to be with two teams that are going to be vying for a playoff spot. So that'll have a lot of juice. First time that the Saints have been in Santa Clara since 2016 when they beat the 49ers 41-23 with Colin Kaepernick under center. And, you know, the Miami game is Mike McDaniel, very familiar offense, Jalen Waddell, uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, they're they're going to present their problems as well. Mike McDaniel knows how to beat this defense. He goes against it all the time. The 49ers will know a little bit in terms of what he's going to be bringing because of what he's bringing over. But when you look at Raheem Mostert now, Sony Michelle and, and you know, Chase Edmonds and, and all those guys that they have over there, Miles, Miles Gaskin, they're going to present their problems. Miami's going to be improved. Now, will they be a playoff team? That doesn't really matter. In this league, if you're a competitive team, there's no easy wins. And Miami, you know, Mike McDaniel's going to have a little bit more of motivation to get this one done so it's an interesting stretch of games there is mm-hmm. a three straight game homestand of the saints uh the dolphins and then the tampa bay bucks which i highlighted as probably the most interesting portion of this this schedule for me yeah. because the 49ers do get a lot of away games out of the way early on and this is the first time the 49ers will be able to stay at home for three how many of these can they win especially against quality opponents uh like we just discussed brian what you what you got here yeah, they speaking of, they have six home games after the bye and only three away games, which is uh nice, obviously, to end the season. Um yeah, man, that that Chargers game, I'm I'm excited that that Chargers game comes after a bye uh because it just gives Shanahan that much more opportunity to game plan against a, a guy that he's game planned and been successful against in the past, which is uh Chargers head coach um what's his name? I lost it. Anyway, 
Um, that that Saints game looks a little bit like a trap game because it's sandwiched in between that Mexico City trip and then Mike McDaniel's homecoming. And I am certain that Kyle Shanahan does not want to lose to Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. And so, you know, what what does that look like? You know, are they going to be able to defend those, uh, you know, those three-yard average depth of target passes from Tua? We'll see. Um, you know, if you guys uh, saw the uh, the Dolphins Twitter the other day that they put out that quote-unquote highlight of <laughs> Tua throwing to Tyreek, and Tyreek just sitting there like, when's this ball getting to me? I don't, like... What am I doing here? Um, but man, I don't, if they come out of that, if they come out of that four game stretch in November at two and two, I think I'd be happy uh, with again, the chargers, the Cardinals, the saints and the dolphins. If they come out two and two, I think I'd be thrilled by that. Uh, but you know, they could also come out three and one. Cause again, I'm, I, we don't know what we're getting with that saints team. Like Jason said, you know, it is a new head coach. Uh, same. I mean, the head coach has been there a while. He's going to be, he's going to call defensive plays, Dennis Allen. And then Carmichael has been on the offensive staff with, uh, with Peyton for, I think damn near a decade now, if not more. Yeah. So, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, no one can, no one can do what Sean Payton does. That's what makes Sean Payton, Sean Payton. That's why Sean Payton is going to, you know, get some massive deal uh, next off season from some desperate team. Maybe it's the Panthers who knows, um, you know, or Dal uh, it's probably Dallas. That's a great probably point. Dallas. It's probably Dallas. Um, so, you know, Jerry Jones is going to break him off to bring him back to Dallas. Um, so, you know, that Saints team isn't going to be the same, but we also don't know what we're going to get out of, J out of Jameis, right? We started to see what we could get out of LASIK Jameis and then he injured himself. So now what are we getting out of LASIK Jameis and a, you know, in a, in a, a remade ACL? I don't know, but, um, I do, uh, I do like that three game stretch though of saints dolphins and then, and then the bucks being at home. And then again, like I said, six of the last nine games are at home, yes. which is nice. Um, I know we're nice. not we jumped a little ahead, but, but yeah, I, you know, like you said, the, it is, we're not trying to predict wins here because there's no point in doing that. Just trying to see some of the uh, things that we think are interesting and some of the storylines. And so, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the Cardinals are in week 11. You know, like you said, they're, they're missing, they're missing Hopkins for the first six weeks. They traded for Hollywood Brown. I, I called that trade awful when it happened. And I, I, st I stand by that. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they gave up a pick that was uh, better than the pick that the Ravens used to take Hollywood Brown. So, you know, I know that they got Hollywood Brown in a third back, but still, I think that was a terrible. And the trade. same, it's basically the same price that the Eagles got for AJ Brown. Right. Exactly. For a significantly better uh, wide receiver than, than Hollywood Brown. So I understand that he's reuniting with, with Kyler and apparently in the NFL. Now the big thing is, Hey, let's reunite wide receivers with the guys that threw him a ball previously. I don't think it's going to make a difference for them. Um, they've got a bunch of just small, fast dudes, and and then DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back. And who knows what DeAndre Hopkins is going to be because he's not juicing anymore. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, Brandon Staley is the uh, Chargers head coach. Thank Maybe you. you Thank you. I got you, Brian. Tim, my birth month. What do you think November here? Well, I mean, there's not a lot I can add on top of uh, what you three gentlemen said, except for I'm just going to look at these games through the eyes of the quarterback. And 
because that's how I see football games. And and when I look at week 10 against the Chargers, you know, Justin Herbert, he could quite he might be one of the best quarterbacks going into this year mm-hmm. with the weapons he currently has. And I really think November is going to reveal to us what kind of secondary the 49ers really have. If the 49ers are healthy, they're gelling. I think there's a, a really good opportunity that the 49ers can roll through this really tough stretch of quarterbacks who like to sling the ball. Um, let's just, let's just be honest. We don't know what Kyler Murray we're going to get. He really fell off at the end of last year and just laid a big turd in the playoffs. And is that going to carry over? It is very difficult for a quarterback's last game of the season And that's all you can think about. Is it going to drive him to be better or is he going to be pointing the finger at other people? Is it going to kind of implode the team, the season without Hopkins to start the year? That's a tough stretch. So if the Cardinals have started off poorly, I think the 49ers have a very good shot. But on back-to-back big-time games, Sunday night football to Monday night football, going to Mexico City, you're playing the Cardinals. If they're gassed, if they're winded, the secondary isn't playing well as a unit. I could see that being a very difficult task for the 49ers uh, against the Cardinals. And then, hey, your boy, Jameis, Andrew, I know you'll love him. If he can stay healthy, if he can stay within himself, honestly, and he's not throwing too many turnovers, that Saints game, I've seen it in the, in the chat, it might be a trap game. It mm-hmm. very well could be because they could be overlooking the Saints because they're very worried about McDaniel in his homecoming. Brian, you said they do not want to lose to McDaniel and Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Hill. That's a fast team. Oh, my goodness. We are really going to get to see how well the 49ers defense plays. Are they going to be responsible? Are they going to do their job? Or are we going to have a bunch of playmakers playing as individuals at this point in the season? The, The month of November... You go into like, hey, I get we have the Dolphins. Uh, We were talking about that December 4th, so I'm not going to include that. But we may see more air yards against the 49ers defense in the month of November than we do in any other three-game stretch of the entire year. So in terms of the opposing quarterbacks, that for me is what I'm looking at in terms of the 49ers secondary. Is it it Jason Verrett? Is it Ward? Is it Mosley? Who are our two safeties? Who's opposite Jimmy Ward? There's a lot of question marks. There's a ton of talent. There's a ton of potential in the 49ers secondary. But who is going to be that unit and are they healthy? I think that's probably the biggest question that I have in the month of November. I'm hopeful, but I can't make any guarantees. Thank God they prioritized uh, coverage this year, and and oh, they yeah. they they thought about the 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 upside of having Jason Verrett and bringing in Ward, who's like top five since 2017 in completion percentage allowed. So it's for reasons like this, on top of the guys that you have to cover in your own division. We we skipped over the Rams. I, I hate to say this, but I love Allen Robinson and that yeah. addition with Cooper Cup. It feels like the perfect blend of guys for them and for Matthew Stafford. So the 49ers are going to have to cover all year. But this particular stretch is really going to highlight how far they've come in far uh, how far they've come as far as coverage. So I, I think that's a great point. So thank God that they've actually went out there and they look to bring back Jason Verrett, bring in Charvarius Ward, and and now they have a good problem of well there were guys last year that contributed that may not be playing. But for me, that's a great problem because you have so much depth. 
Well, yeah, you're not you're not going to have games where you're throwing out the corpse of Josh Norman or at love and death, the barnacle playing meaningful snaps, uh, Dante Johnson playing meaningful snaps in <laughs> in the postseason and in a in a must win game to get into the postseason. Right. I've ne- I have I've never been this excited for the secondary since Shanahan and Lynch have been there. Um, just the I mean, just the depth again. You know, you've got guys that were drafted last year that 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 flash. Right. Ambry Thomas. Right. Diamador Lenore, still not sure what happened, right? Flash in the preseason and then just disappeared, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now you also add to that Womack, who I'm really excited about, and Tariq Castro-Fields, who I'm also really excited about. And then, you know, you have Darquez Denard, you've got Dante Johnson, you've got Jason Verrett, you've got Charverius Ward, you've got Emmanuel Mosley. The biggest question mark is strong safety. And personally, I'm not that worried about it. I'm not that pressed about who is going to play in that strong safety role because they've got Odom, They've who to me is probably the guy that's going to, but they've got Odom, they've got Tarverius Moore, and they've got uh, Hufanga. So, and they've got Leon O'Neill, who, again, uh, the second highest graded safety in all of the SEC by, by PFF last season. So I know that he ran slow. And I know that kept him from getting drafted, but when you ball out in the SEC, that means you're a good football player. So, you know, they've got dudes now, and and that's that's exciting to me. And, and Jason, too, real quick before we get into the uh, last bit of the schedule here, we talked to Dr. Narava Pandaya last week about ACLs and the ability to come back to, from them in the NFL today. I mean, we're talking October 30th, seven months removed from a Super Bowl. You could be talking about a Rams team. Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Odell Beckham, possibly. So really, really a uh, uh, wide receiver core that could stretch the Niners, and we could really see what they are if, if that happens. Obviously, seven months might be a little tight, but we've seen it happen before. Uh, so let's wrap and up this one schedule. One more thing, right? Andrew, uh, to, to, to piggyback off of that, the, the game that goes into the next portion, the Tampa Bay Bucks will have Chris Godwin coming off the same type of injury. Where will mm-hmm. he be at this point? And that is going to be something that's really important because of how good Mike Evans is and, you know, the GOAT. And I'm sure you're going to get into that game now. But yeah. um, that Chris Godwin point has to be spoken about as well, too, because he's coming off of the same injury. And he mm-hmm. talked about – Doc talked about – the one year you're kind of getting back up to speed. The next year, unless you're a freak like Nick Bosa, the next year is when you really uh, see improvement. So if there's silver lining here somewhere with these ACL injuries is there might be another gear that Nick Bosa might be able to hit, yes. according oh, to the docket. And, and that's something that's really got me excited. Well, let's wrap up the schedule Law. here. And Kinlaw, yeah, Kinlaw as well. Uh, let's wrap up the schedule here. Uh, December 11th, maybe the last time the 49ers play Fox Sports and that analyst uh, Tom Brady. The $37.5 uh, million dollar man. Yeah, we could talk about that later because uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, in case you're wondering, $37.5 million is a lot of money. Uh, the 49ers lone Thursday night game up at Lumen Field up in Seattle Prime Video. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the call there. A lot of lot of changes. Uh, that'll be the Niners' last game against the Seahawks. Uh, week 16, Christmas Eve, the Washington don't call us a football team. We're the commanders now. Uh, the, the Niners host them for the first time, I believe, since Arizona in 2020. Uh, they played them in Arizona. That was a tough game. Week 17, the Niners' last game at the Raiders uh, in Vegas. It's going to be a tough ticket to get on, on New Year's Day. Uh, not going to be cheap. Not going to be cheap. Uh, and the Niners close out the season against the Cardinals at home. That can either be a January 7th, which I believe is a Saturday, or a Sunday game, January 8th. 
maybe a I've been waiting all day for Sunday night game. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you this last little stretch. I know we talked about the Seahawks and Cardinals already, uh, but, but what, what do you think on these last five games of the season? Uh, I am a little bummed that we have to go up to Seattle uh, for a Thursday night game after playing uh, the Buccaneers because that is going to be a tough game and uh, likely uh, a game that, you know, going up to Seattle on a Thursday, again, could be uh, could be a loss there. Uh, but you never know. I mean, we'll, again, who's who's going to be the quarterback? Is it Geno Smith? Is it Drew Locke? Is it, hey, could be Jimmy Garoppolo if, if the 49ers release him. You never know, right? Yeah. Um, and then the Commanders, not a not a team that we really know anything about, right? Uh, Carson Wentz coming back to uh, Santa Clara, right? Hopefully it's not a monsoon, and hopefully they can bait him into some of those stupid interceptions that he throws. That Raiders three game is going to be three years in a row. Three years in a row, three different yeah. teams won yeah. both times, Philly yeah. and Indianapolis. Yep. So they've got to stop this. Stop yeah. it. Sorry. <laughs> Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz absolutely has some uh, claim to uh, ownership of Levi Stadium. So uh, hopefully we can uh, take that from him. Uh, that Raiders game, I think, is going to be really, really interesting because it is week 17. Uh, it is in Las Vegas. The following week, they play Arizona. We have no idea, again, what what playoffs will look like. It, you know, are, are they going to be battling Arizona for a play for playoff position? Um, I don't know. But. That Vegas team with Carr and and Devonte and uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, right? Can't forget Hunter Renfro. Um, Hunter Renfro, by the way, is going to be Wes Welker in uh, Josh McDaniel's offense, right? Like, yeah, we get that, right? That's that's going to be his role. And you know what? I th that team it has better coaching now, right? And they've they've infused it with talent. And and I don't know what that defense is going to look like, but that team that team is going to fight for a playoff spot in the NFC West if they haven't, you know, just like we said earlier, cannibalized themselves. And then that last game against the against the Cardinals, I do appreciate it is at home, uh, which is nice to end the season. Uh, I think hasn't it been two years in a row where we've ended the season on the road, so it's nice to end it uh, at home uh, this year. And then, like I said, that could be. It, it, you know, the time says TBD because it, it could be, you know, it could be for playoff positioning. We never know. Tim, how, how, how are the Niners closing out this season? I want, I want to know. Well, if, if the month of November, we were going to see how their secondary was going to play. I think the month of December is going to depend upon their defensive line. Um, you look at the schedule, you got to get, you got to get to Tom Brady. Uh, if father time has not gotten to him already, uh, they're definitely going to have to move him off of his spot because it, when Tom Brady gets to sit in the pocket, he'll pick you apart. They've got too good of weapons. He's too good, too smart, even in his old age. Um, that that game is going to be dependent upon whether or not they can get to him and get to him early. Uh, you know, we're going to see where who the Seahawks have. Um, again, we don't know if it's going to be Drew Locke or somebody else, but I expect anytime Thursday night football, short week. You don't have as much time to prepare. What's the recipe for that? Get after the quarterback. Um, the commanders, yes. Carson Wentz absolutely has had the 49ers number. Why does he have their number? He's a mobile quarterback. He can escape. If they can contain him, keep him in the pocket, make him be accurate with the football, I think they have a very good shot. I saw in the chat people did say it could be a trap game. Maybe. 
Typically, a trap game comes off of an extremely difficult game the week before, and you play a subpar team and you just overlook them. Andrew, do you want to jump on this real quick? Great, Fox. Uh, thank you for the donation. Hey, so cool of Kapler to join a 49er spot on a Giants day off. I think that's a Brian reference there. Looking good with his glasses, the beard. He's looking nice. Kapler's beard Speaking, is I mean, way, way more black than 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 I can than 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 I got and, here. And if I could compliment the Giants coach, I mean, we are the Giants manager. We are lucky enough to, and there's some pictures that I just received from from Kyle Shanahan and the Mixer looking glorious right now in a, in a suit. Swaggy coach, could I just say that the Giants manager is so dripped out, and I love oh, yeah. his views on baseball and the stupid unwritten rules. Sorry, Tim, keep going. No, it's, I love it, man. By the way, you also would like Kapler's music uh, m- music yes. choice. He's he's yeah. I love I love Cap. He's great. Yeah, yeah. that d- dude. Hey, he's yoked too, man. That that yeah, that yes. dude is he is fit. Uh, just just guys the, being. I don't dudes have the jawline over either. Gabe Kapler right now. That Kapler jawline not not existing here either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we're done being thirsty about Gabe Kapler, Tim, let's get back on. Track. Never done being thirsty about Gabe Kapler. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, easy guys. Let's reel it back in. Um, okay, I'm just let's just move forward off of that that Commanders game. I don't think it's going to be a trap game, uh, mainly because I don't think the Seahawks pre- uh, present enough of a challenge the week before. Uh, for the 49ers to fall into that trap at the Raiders January 1st I'm really disappointed in the fact that none of you mentioned that that's my birthday and that it is going to be amazing on January 1st being in Las Vegas I'm assuming that one of you are going to buy me tickets to that game um no I didn't see Jason yes maybe okay one of of us (laughs) pull it together baby um we're gonna paper rock scissors later to figure out who it is (laughs) Uh, again, you're looking at a quarterback like Derek Carr. His he's not going to beat you with his feet. He's going to meet you or beat you with his ability to move in the pocket and and be mm-hmm. able to uh, dice you up. You are going to have to get to Derek Carr. Again, the theme does not change. Get after the quarterback, and then we wrap up the season with who knows what kind of Cardinals we're going to have. If they're out of the playoffs, if there's no shot for them, obviously Kyler Murray. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that's extremely mentally strong because he literally exploded in the playoffs and just there was there was nothing left mentally of him. He he fell apart. If the Cardinals are fighting for a playoff spot against potentially the 49ers, then that game does worry me. What gives the 49ers fits? Quarterbacks who can run around, especially a quarterback that is confident. That to me, good Lord. Scary way to end the season against a division opponent who gives you trouble every single year. And to top it off, it's a mobile quarterback. So my hope is Cardinals are out of it by that point. And hopefully the 49ers have already locked up a playoff spot or potentially, again, I think this is a bit of a reach, maybe the division at that point. And if that's the case, rest everybody. Play Jimmy Garoppolo, the backup, in that week, and then roll into the playoffs. <laughs> Love that look, Jason. I did that just for you. <laughs> How dare you? Got to get that QB2 so some reps, guys. So, Got to get QB2 so, so some reps. So basically, the overarching <laughs> prediction that I've just gotten is that Jimmy Garoppolo will still be on this roster by week 18. I don't know if I have the strength, mental health, to get that done. So please, 
don't let that be true. Please don't let that be true. The I beauty mean, of that, I, that's also I mean, let, the following year. That's 2023. Let's, let's, live, in the, let's live in the world. Here, I'll make it easier on you, Jason. I'll make it a little easier on your mental health. It's a world where the Niners cut him. He realizes the best opportunity as a backup is San Francisco on a cheaper deal. How about there that? You go. Does that work better on your no, mental the health? Vet, no, the vet minimum? No, no. Not at all? Okay, <laughs> no, Jason Aponte, no. uh, what are your thoughts no. on the last five games of the season, not including Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that really just sent my blood pressure spiking <laughs> because, like, I just I, – I really – there's really, like, a lot of people that want to see that happen just so they could see me, like, lose it on camera and just have him be here and just – I just I just can't – I cannot – Go through another year of it. I just can't. I can't. Not with the people who will be talking, even when he's not on the team. Imagine if he was on his team. I wouldn't. I would. I would turn this YouTube channel down, and I would just stop doing we, this stuff. We're gonna anyway. see. Go, we're gonna see Ghost Pepper Aponte at that point. Oh, <laughs> it, you're, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna see a ghost because I'm leaving this earth. I'm out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not living in a world that this is happening. So forget that world. Um. Yes, the Tampa Bay game is the one that jumps out to you, right? Because the Bucks seem to be at the top of the NFC. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the NFC right now is wide open. And it feels like there's three teams that you can kind of lock into a playoff spot, which is Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. After that, it's going to be whoever wins that horrible division in the East, whoever wins that division in the South, and then probably two from the West. And that that's where I think that last game with the Cardinals, hopefully that doesn't have the implications of a winner go home. I, I remember last year watching the winner go home game. I was literally sitting right here, yeah. and my watch was telling me, your heart rate is over 120 beats per minute and you're not moving uh, at all. So I had to take my watch off because I don't need that kind of reminder. That, Clearly, that, I, that, I that, that post game stream that, that we did, just, just to touch back on it, uh, was the first time I like you guys physically saw me breathe for the first time in like three or four hours. And that, that's why it was so I, I went back and actually watched that bot a couple of days ago. Uh, and, and like, you could just look at me and Jason and you could tell it was the first time him and I like our blood, you could physically see our blood pressure regulating. I had yeah. to medicate myself prior to that game. Oh yeah. I mean, I Advil? just, I just started screaming and just uh -huh. drinking and I was just like, I feel better now. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah so the tampa bay game is going to be a great lit litmus test for where this team is going to be because that could be a potential playoff matchup down the line if we think everything goes the way that it will tampa bay does seem to be at the top of the nfc no matter what if tom brady shows up that's a team that you're going to have to deal with no matter what's around him at that point no matter who the coach is and and, and we are going to see a little bit of a a little bit of a change in identity. I, I feel like they're going to take on more of that defensive mind that Todd Bowles is. And I think that Todd Bowles is one of the most underrated coaches. And I feel like he should have had a job. And and I love that, that they brought him in. But in terms of Seattle, you have to go in there and take care of business. Drew Locke, Geno Smith, don't care. It's not Russell Wilson anymore. You have to go in there and you have to take care of business on Thursday. With the Washington game, you have to stop this Carson Wentz nonsense because he shows up in different uniforms and still does it to you. I don't understand it. The commanders are a bit of a wild card. What if they turn out to be that team that we thought they were going to be last year and that defense starts to play in the way that it did? And that's the part that, again, we're just talking through right now what's going on, but we don't know what that team will look like. And I'm not ready to write that off as a win. You should win that game, but I'm not ready to sit here and say that's a W and I'm throwing that one in there. That's the that could Vegas. be that's the North Dakota State game right there. Yes, like, it like, is. Let's be real that that's going to be the bragging rights for the entire state of North Dakota. It and is. It, it, good. I, you talked about Carson Wentz coming in. It it really frightens me with the fact that the 49ers have not been able to figure him out. And bottom line is, he is a guy 
that runs on confidence. When he's running and flying high as an eagle, as who knows, maybe a commander, it really is going to depend upon his confidence. And if he gets started early and often, that's going to be a scary matchup. He needs to be taken out early. Trey Lance, set the tone, win the North Dakota battle. And just to mention, I saw in the chat just a little battle earlier. Of the Bisons. Battle of the Bisons. There's two other dudes in the chat right now that said they have birthdays on January yeah. 1st. Yeah. I just want to say, like, that's pretty cool, pretty impressive. And one of them said, I had that birthday first. It's awesome of you to assume that I am younger than you when that might not be true. Well, <laughs> we so all. That's great. That's great analysis, actually, about Washington. And it's true. Like, you know, the 49ers should take care of that game. You would want, you would hope that that's what's going to happen, right? This Las Vegas game, if I could joke around a little bit, I am not going anywhere near Vegas for this game. Someone is going to die. Think about the Battle of the Bay rivalry. Now toss in Vegas. Now toss in the fact that the Raiders are actually going to be good this year. For real. I don't want anything. I don't want to be anywhere near Vegas. And if you are going to that game, Please put me on with your financial advisor because the oh hotels will be ridiculous on New Year's and the Raiders and the Niners are playing. Oh, man. No, thank point. you. No, thank you. I will be watching this game from home. Everyone that goes to that game, enjoy yourself, but be safe, please, and get home in one piece, please. Anyway, that is going to be a very interesting game because, again, we're going to find out what coverage the 49ers have and how they're going to be able to do what it is that they want to do. The pass rush is going to have a little bit of a tough time. The Raiders have a good line. And 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 now McDaniel is going to be able to operate this offense and I think put Carr in a lot of good spots. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Waller is still Waller. And, and you know, Hunter, Hunter Renfro is there to just bother everybody like the, like, you know, the, the little squirrely guy that he is. He can get himself open. He'll sell you insurance after he makes a catch. That type of guy. Like, he's that good. <laughs> but um, with the Arizona game, you kind of hope that that's the one that, Maybe everything is kind of set. The 49ers don't have much to play for because that – and you have to kind of bank on the fact that Arizona is going to be playing in December, January, and they, their fall off has already happened. The reason that they made the playoffs this year is because they started off much better than they ever have, and they were able to fall back on all those losses and still were able to make the playoffs because if they would have lost one more game to Trey Lance in Arizona – they wouldn't have made the playoffs at all either, and the collapse would have been true. The Cliff Kingsbury thing isn't just Arizona. When you go and look at his record in December in Texas Tech over there as well, it happens every single year. And why is that? The offense starts humming. People make adjustments. He can't, and that offense starts to expose itself. So hopefully you're banking on those things at the end of the year. Arizona's not built like that, and I'm going to still stick on that because Cliff Kingsbury still knows how to fumble the bag even when he has a sizable lead and they were they were, remember Kyler's MVP and oh my god Arizona's the you know and Cliff is out coaching Kyle I remember all of that and I remember 49er fans saying that I'm not going to let you forget that one don't ever out of your mouth say that Cliff is Kyle ever again so <laughs> you just have to kind of hope that that's what's going on and that's where they are as usual uh, with the Cardinals um a very light google search hotels.com right now if you check in December 31st check out January 2nd uh, the Venetian, 747 per night. Mandalay Bay, 366 yeah. per night. Sahara, Las Vegas, 284 a night. Hilton Grand Vacations, 333 a night. 
Uh, it's not cheap. Does Las Vegas have a KOA campground? That's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> does, does, I, I does KOA on the podcast today. <laughs> does anybody have a place that I could like post up in your yard? The weather's nice enough. All I need there is a go. little bit of a tent, you, you know, like that, that's it. Like that's the only way I could actually make that happen. Travel lodge by Wyndham Las Vegas airport near the strip. 156 per night, baby. There it is. There it is. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Jason kind of said it best. I think he said, especially with the Commanders game, it's a game you think they should win, but it might be tougher than that. I think this whole stretch is kind of that. Uh, outside of Tampa Bay, they should beat Seattle. It's going to be tougher than that. They should beat Washington. It's going to be tougher than that. They should beat Vegas. It's going to be tougher than that. And hey, by the way, they should beat Arizona. It's going to be tougher than that. And you, you hope this is where the Niners have enough games in hand where these games – don't mean a ton, right? You're really hoping that we're not talking about Jason. We're talking about week 18 on this podcast. And we're saying, is this the game that's going to get flexed into Sunday night? The best case scenario, I'm not annoying Jason with Carrie Underwood that week because you don't want the Niners in that Sunday night slot. Uh, just because if, if it's the Sunday night slot, that means the Niners are playing for something. And I am tired of having Sunday night football on our, or having the last week of the game or Last week of the season meaning something for the 49ers. Let's uh let's have this be an easy month of January. Let's have the last two games not mean as much for the Niners uh and, and go from there because these are all winnable games, but they're gonna be tougher than what they 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 could be. There's really only five games that you look at on this schedule and go, the 49ers absolutely should win that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the two against Seattle. Chicago, Carolina, Atlanta. Every other game on this schedule is a, uh, I'm not sure, right? And, and that's and where I, I want to go yeah. because we're at about an hour five. We, we start wrapping up here. I don't want record predictions because it's it's May 12th. Nobody cares, man. I could say 17, 17 and 0. And it 17 and 0. So that's, well, thank 17 you, Brian. What but is this can, guy doing? Bro, 17 and 0. But how about, how about this? Give me a range of what you're looking at. Like anywhere from this amount of wins to this amount of wins. I think that's the safest way to go about this. I'm not going to hold you to this. I'm sure somebody in the chat will, but that's why I want to give a range of what the Niners can be. So Brian, I'll start with you. Kind of give me a range of what you're feeling. Um, they won 10 games last season with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Uh, I think the floor of Trey Lance's season this year is Jimmy Garoppolo's performance last year. They won 10 games. The schedule, not quite as tough as it appears that it is right now. Again, we have no idea as, as we look at this, what teams are going to look like, what injuries are going to happen, whatnot. Uh, but to me, I, I, I still, I still put the, let me say this. I put the floor of victories at nine. Um, okay. I will put that as the floor. Um, I think anywhere between nine and 12 is a realistic expectation for this team. 12 obviously being to me, a tr like a lights out tremendous yes. year. Um, and I did want to DJ you, you are older than, than Tim. So you did, you did have that first. So there you go. Tim, happy birthday, January 1st. Uh, just getting it out of the way now. Uh, what, what, what's your range? So I, I can expect that, that that's not going to come January 1st, but today you got it done. Good job. Got it out of the way. You can't um, say I, I didn't forget. <laughs> I appreciate it. Happy birthday to you too, buddy. Hey, thank I, you. I, I appreciate you know. it. Thank yeah. you. Hey, Jason, birthday. happy birthday, Brian. Happy birthday. Oh, so, so kind. <laughs> Look at Jason. He can't even take it. He can't even take it. Um, I God, it, it's unfortunate that the 49ers drew the AFC West mm -hmm. this year. Uh, when the AFC West is an absolute juggernaut of a division, they are the NFC West of last year. Like, let's just be honest. Yeah. They're going to, 
they're going to cannibalize each other, but they're also going to beat up on everybody else. They really are. Um, the 49er schedule is hard. It is a very difficult schedule. Th there is no, you know, you can't look at it and go, gosh, there's six, seven wins that are, that are, that are going to come five wins. Those are ones that you would say they should. Chances are, Hey, it's an NFL season. They're NFL teams. You're probably not going to get all five of those. If you're going to be honest, this is going to be a battle tested team. I think if the 49ers can stay healthy, and I'm going to say that again, if the 49ers can stay healthy in all key areas, I do think that this is a 10 win team. This is a 10 win team. And then you have to go plus or minus two or three, depending on health, depending on you know, how the ball bounces, whatever, however you want to say it, because two teams could be very good. Breaks just might not go their way. A drop could happen here. A penalty could happen there. And quite frankly, when you're dealing with these talented of teams, things can happen. They are, everyone seems to think that in the NFL, the best and the worst teams outside of Jacksonville and outside of some of these just ridiculous franchises like there's a huge separation, yeah. but when you look at teams, probably when you go one through, I don't know, 20, 25, there's not much of a separation or there's not much of a margin between them. And if you have an off week, if you don't prepare well, if you're injured, either team can win. It really is that close. So I really do feel that healthy. They're a double digit win team. But I think the floor for me is more around eight, not nine, because I give it that plus minus two floors, eight wins this year. Uh, if things don't go well, that's my way too early prediction. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about the same place. I think what you're hoping for is you you take four of six in the NFC West. I think that's peak what, what you can hope for. Obviously, you want to go six and oh, but the Rams, the Seahawks, Cardinals, let, let's hope for four out of the six. You want to take three of the one against the NFC South, right? The one ideally, ideally being Tampa Bay, because if you lose to either of the other teams, it's, it's a little more brutal than losing to a Tampa Bay. Uh, two and two against the AFC West. I think that's going to be solid. And then the rest kind of throw in, you want to go three, and zero oh, because that's Chicago, Miami, Washington, right? Um, to me, I'm probably sitting low side eight. And, and that's just because I, I think there's a lot of question marks still. Uh, the offensive line, there's a lot of question marks. What's this run game going to look like? We really don't know yet because of, of, of you know, there, there's one guaranteed running back. We kind of have an idea of with Elijah Mitchell. And you know Kyle Shanahan likes his run game. Uh, the one thing we're sitting on is the quarterback. We don't know what Trey Lance is. As fun as it is to say, he's going to be a, as 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 Keith, Keith, Keith I've never been able to pronounce your name. I apologize. Uh, 4,000 passing yards, 800 rushing. That's not guaranteed. That's not. As much as we like to say it, we don't know if that's going to be true. Uh, and the secondary, it's really reworked. But I think a ceiling of 12 games, I think that's very solid. I think that that's what this thing could be at his peak. Because Kyle Shanahan is a damn good coach. He has a brand new toy at quarterback that he can run with. And hey, maybe you'll get that 4,000 yards passing, 800 yards rushing. Who knows? Uh, with, with this Shanahan offense. So anywhere from 8 to 11 or 12, I think that's the safest area. Jason, where are you, where are you at? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really fair. And again, 
for what what people would consider a successful season for Trey Lance, I, I don't have a win total when it comes to that. I just want to see progress. And if, if that means missing the playoffs, but I feel good about Trey, unfortunately, 49er fans, so be it. And and mm-hmm. that's just where I'm at with it. If if unfortunately they miss it by a game or two, but you can actually point to lot steps that you saw in Trey Lance, I consider that much more successful. In no way am I going to compare this first year with Trey Lance, these question marks on the offensive line to what just happened with this team coming within minutes of going to the Super Bowl. I think that's a disservice to yourself and the kid in that way because that's unrealistic. Now, do I believe that there is a ceiling of 11 games? For sure. Why? Coaching because of the situation, because of the roster, and because of the culture. And and a lot of people wouldn't foresee the 49ers have gone as far as they did last year, especially after that Arizona game. And, and that's the type of stuff that you have to figure out during the year. When you hit those rough patches, what happens? When you hit those rough patches, can you change things? Can can things start to bounce your way? And health is going to depend on a lot of that as well, too. A lot of unforeseen things. So for me, it's between the eight that that, that Tim talked about. I think that's a great way to, to, to put it. Eight, and then there's 11, best case scenario. But there is a world where nine or ten will get you in, especially when you talk about, I'm not really too big on the NFC. In terms of, you know, there's going to be one team who makes it from the NFC East, right? Like, and, and I think that's going to be Dallas, right? Maybe Philadelphia starts to compete for a wild card spot. The South doesn't scare you. There's going to be a team that has to win that division, obviously, right? The Packers are going to win their division. But are you worried about the Lions, the Vikings? Not really. I mean, the, the teams that, that you're really going to have to beat are going to be in your own division. You take two from Seattle. Now you're talking. You take And you split with everybody else. You really start to feel good about where you're going to be at. So for me, it's it's not so much about the, the win total. It's just what I want to see from Trey. But the optimistic side of me says that the playoffs and 10-11 wins is in the cards because of the NFC. And even if you don't get to those 10-11 wins, let's say you win 9 or 10, uh, or you try to, you know, you get there at 9 and 8, there's still a chance that you make it with that extra spot because of how the NFC isn't really that tough, in my opinion. I think all of the good players and all the good teams have kind of shifted over to the AFC, and it's just going to be a Royal Rumble to see who gets out of there. Whoever makes it out of the AFC, I would probably say, unless we see some things change in the season, would be largely regarded as the favorite to win the Super Bowl because of the tough road that they had to go through. So yeah. for me, the NFC, the 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 competitors in the NFC, and I think that I believe in the coaching, I believe in the culture. I just I feel a little bit more optimistic about them being able to make the playoffs, even if they don't get to that tenth win. You know that that's the where I'm at with it. Yeah, and I can, I could I could absolutely see a world where a seven win team makes the playoffs in the NFC. Honestly, I mean I don't think that'd be too far of a stretch. Go ahead, Brian. I'll say the AFC is so stacked. I don't think the Super Bowl participant of this past season is even going to make the playoffs. So that's tough. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a crazy thing. That's a crazy thing to say. And, and that's just the, and then you think about the AFC West, there's probably going to be three of those. And then again, a fourth team is not going to make it and they're going to be a very good team. And, Mm -hmm. and who knows who that'll be. And that a lot, a lot of that'll depend on health. But again, we, Indianapolis, I would say improve, especially if they can bring over, apparently they want to bring over James Bradbury. They, yeah, and they've already got Stephon Gilmore. Now you're talking mm-hmm. about adding to that defense. Like the Bills are who they are. I think that right now they're being pegged as the favorite. And then you have the Chiefs. They're not going anywhere. And and that's the thing. It's it's just. 
the AFC has so much competition now and so many good teams. And then you forget the Baltimore Ravens still exist. Lamar Jackson's going to hop right out of the coffin like the Undertaker and, and, and win them a bunch of games as well, too. So the AFC is loaded, man. And, and that is where you're going to find more of the competition than the NFC in terms of the really good teams. The AFC is stacked one through seven. The NFC is top heavy, your top four, and then everybody else kind of just feels the same five, six, seven, whoever makes it. Rich Madrid would be very excited at the prospect of the Cincinnati Bengals not making the playoffs. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> I would say I did want to point this out real quick because I did look it up because I was curious. I looked up the Rams schedule and starting uh, st- starting October 30th, they go 49ers, Bucks, Cardinals, Saints, Chiefs, Seahawks, Raiders, Packers, Broncos, Chargers, and Seahawks. Ooh. Well, also on the the divisional games, those divisional games are weird because it could just be, it could just be like, we watched Colt McCoy run into, run into us and, and and he's gone into Seattle as a New York giant when Russell Wilson was still there and knocked them out. Right. Like, so there's those weird divisional games. Ideally you want to take care of the the Seahawks, but when you hear all those other names and you're like, well, those games are going to be close. One or two of those games that they think they should win or probably get lost. And and I'm only going to say that that's going to happen to them, not the 49ers, because I got my homer glasses on right now. We're yeah. only being optimistic on this show. That's it. And 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 the kind of opposite side of the Rams point that Brian just made, you look at the Chiefs schedule going into the Niners game. Schefter tweeted this as we were going live here. Chiefs are the first team in NFL history to start the season with eight straight games against teams that had a winning record in the previous season. Uh, they go yeah. at Cardinals, Chargers, at Colts, at Buccaneers, Raiders, Bills, and then at 49ers in Tennessee after. So they, they might be worn down as well. So I said they're coming off a Bills game against the 49ers? Uh, yes, I believe that's, that's what that was. Yes, it was. So there Beautiful. you go. Uh, Tim, Brian, we always appreciate sprinting right into the Denim Dungeon. Uh, where can we always find you guys? Where can the people find you? Drop that and we'll get out of here. Uh, you can see for both of us, uh, our Twitter handles are on here. Uh, I am at brennick 77 uh, Tim down there is at Tim Sprinkles. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Denim Dungeon. And then again, this is uh, being uh, dual streamed uh, on our uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, hey, when this is over, run on over there. The Denim Dungeon, just go, just type it in the search. You'll find us. Go ahead and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate you guys uh, letting us come on, uh, sharing this with you guys. Uh, this is also the name of the group chat we have going, which is Sprint yes. Right into the Denim Dungeon. So uh, love talking ball with you guys. And I do want to say before uh, I end here, uh, DJ, I we went on a long streak where I was like, I like you, DJ. And then when you guessed that I was a few months older than you, um, that hurt my heart a little bit. Uh, I am six months younger than Tim. Thank you very much. I am not in the 40 year old club yet, but, uh, but I do think the gray in the beard kind of, uh, betrays me a little bit. I get it. <laughs> um, no guys, I hey, just really, thank you so much. We really appreciate the fact that, Hey, when things like this drop, you have a bunch of choices that you can choose from to, to who you could bring on this podcast. Uh, we continue to collab. I really appreciate the people that you are, what you bring to this uh, faithful fan base. I mean, again, Jason, you said earlier about us. I'm going to say it right back to you two. Jason and Andrew are two of the best people that I know. Uh, they are fantastic, not only at what they do with their content, their creation, their stream, but uh, they are even better people. 
And uh, if I can make Jason cry at any point, I'm going to try and do it and give him a big old hug. Thank you, brother. There I live no, my uh, life. I, I live my life no. by the motto, what would Andrew do? Hey, absolutely. And and I think we all should, you know, and we're getting bracelets made of the same thing. But also, guys, uh, for anybody that's here, make sure you guys head on over to their YouTube channel, subscribe to their channel, like this video on their channel, hit that notification bell for when they go on live. These guys are great. And again, you do have your choice on who you could, you you know, speak with. There's a bunch of people doing their shows right now. Shout out to everybody that's been in here this entire time watching us. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. Jay-Z right there. But make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you subscribe audio to Denim Dungeon and to the Sprint Ride Option. And make sure you hit that notification bell on this channel and join the Spicy Squad so we can keep these uh, call-in shows going, man. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And this is an exciting time with the schedule out. We can throw out wild predictions and we're we're figuring out where, where to meet up at and, and, and what games we're going to. So this is a lot of fun. We're starting to get closer to actual football and not hypotheticals anymore so i think that's this is like one of those landmark moments after the draft the schedule drops and things start to pick up pretty quickly before you know it training camp joint practices with the with the the minnesota vikings preseason games and then boom it's week one all over again and we can do what we love the most and that's watch football and talk about it so uh and hopefully you guys can see it on youtube i'm not saying it on our Stramyard chat i just dropped the link to the denim dungeon youtube channel uh, so if you see it, I don't know. I, I don't know if it popped up yet. Uh, copy and paste that in and go subscribe. Uh, that'll be it uh, for sprinting right into the denim dungeon. Brian and Tim, we love you. We appreciate you. I'll probably text you right after this. Uh, Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners, 17-0. And don't let anybody tell you they're ever going to lose any games.